Hello and welcome to episode 130 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode, which was the three-year anniversary of the podcast, recorded live at Black Forge Coffee House with my guests Byron Nash, Mike Hitt, Brett Shoemaker, Lexa Terrestrial, and Meg Fair. If you are one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it, and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now, today on the show, we got my friend Gabe. And for those of you that don't know Gabe, he is a guitar player. That's how I know him. He's a lot more than that, but I know him as the guitar player for Delusions of Grandeur. He also plays in The Harvest Color. He plays in a tool cover band called Stink Fist. And he is also playing with another band now called Enterprise Earth, who you may have heard of. And he is a busy, busy bee, a productive person. And we had a great conversation about all of the stuff he's done in his bands in the past, the stuff he's doing now, stuff he's done in between bands, uh, his day job working in digital marketing. We talk about eating healthy food, talk about sustainable living and metal. And this conversation's all over the place. But you know, if you're someone that's into healthy food or heavy metal or guitars or digital marketing, or building earth ships or whatever else we talk about during this conversation. You're going to enjoy it. Gabe's a really insightful, awesome dude. And yeah, I'm not going to say too much more. I think we should just get onto this conversation. What do you say? This is usually the part where I yell, but you know, it is 12 58 in the morning I am trying to record this tonight because I am leaving for a small tour tomorrow with the new violence taking the gang out on the road for a few days and uh, just trying to catch up with everything and yeah so that leads to me recording podcast intros at one o'clock in the morning you didn't need to know that that has nothing to do with the show or Gabe, I just want to let you know that I really shouldn't yell right now. So I'm not going to sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat.
hey, you know, it's Sunday, mm-hmm. early afternoon. How's your day been? It's been great so far. Woke up, made myself a nice healthy breakfast. And <laughs> what kind of healthy breakfast? Uh, I made it. It's like a like a veggie scramble, just like some spinach, onions, and peppers with some eggs and some French toast. A little desiccated coconut sprinkle. Some desiccated egg. coconut yes. sprinkle. Yeah, that's it almost term. sounds like a death metal. Bit. Yeah, yeah. Desiccated is a very brutal word for coconut. <laughs> and but then I, coconut yeah, sprinkle yeah. is not so brutal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What does that even mean? What's it's just it's just shredded coconut. But okay, like, but like desiccated is the, the that's the technical. If you go to like the store the store or whatever, and it's like in the bulk section, it's going to say like oh desiccated coconut. Oh, right? I'll have to so, keep an eye out for that. Most places will if they're if it's official, <laughs> it'll say desiccated coconut. Are you into cooking? Oh like, uh, yeah, I love to cook. Love yeah, food. yeah. I uh, I like cooking, but I just very rarely have the enthusiasm to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass, but it's not. It's fun. It's like one of those things. It's like it's like cutting your grass. You know, it's like you don't you think about it before you do it, and you like don't want to do it, but then you get into it, and like all right, and then after you're done, it's like man, like look, look at that lawn, or like man, like <laughs> look at this meal, and, and like <laughs> you know, like yeah, no, <laughs> totally. I think that like I have an issue where like I'll go grocery shopping and I'll buy a ton of shit. Mm-hmm. And then I have all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have like produce that's gonna go down. I'm like fuck, I need to find a way to use all this stuff. Yeah. So then I try to like put it all into one thing. And it ends up being a f- too much. Yeah. Like I'm not really like mentally trained or skilled in making any like specific type of a dish. I'm always trying to like wing it and come up with something. Yeah, that's you know? fun. That's fun too. I never think of like a desiccated. Coconut shavings <laughs> on top of French toast, yeah. which it sounds great. Yeah, by the it's way. good. Some coconut and blueberries, a little yeah. ma- maple syrup, good to go. Now, is it store bought maple syrup or is it like some like a no, it's, it's independent? Like, no, it's it's like it's what organic, whatever you want to call yeah. it. I, I buy all my shit at the East End Food Co op. Okay. I love I love that place. It's yeah. like it's like a good balance between like Whole Foods, like it's like Whole Foods quality foods, but with like closer to Giant Eagle prices. You yeah. Know? So it's actually. Yeah. I was just at the food co-op yesterday. Oh, nice. Got some of that mock tuna. I never had it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend Stacy had been there before, and she had told me about it. Mm-hmm. Man, that stuff was it, fire. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. good. Had a good little lunch there. Nice. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they have a good like little like lunch thingy, like hot food section in the back and stuff. Mm-hmm. But good, good supermarket. I like them. Yeah, yeah I want to go back and actually try to grocery shop there i was yeah. like looking around I was like this seems cool yeah i've known about the fucking place forever and i've been there maybe once or twice like years ago because mm-hmm. i used to live on that end of town mm-hmm. um now i'm here at my house now so it's obviously yeah. like i mean it's only 15 minutes uh, away it's no, not too far yeah but it's still yeah. like not what comes to mind when i think grocery shopping yeah I'm always like it's sunday night at 11 30 yeah. at night so i'm gonna go to market district exactly That's yeah. a well, market district's good too you know they, they usually have some good stuff as well yeah but I, I like to support like that local co-op if i can make it in their in their hours so uh-huh but yeah they have good stuff how long have you been into like uh healthy organicish food um i probably like the last couple years or so like i got into it and like, yeah just yeah food and 
lifestyle in general and stuff, you know. Yeah. Like it, you know. Was there anything in particular that sparked that? Uh, just I think just like just the people like around me, the friend, new friends I met and stuff like that, and like when I went out to Taos, New Mexico, like building earthships, like these sustainable houses and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's like hippie central, you know. So you're, <laughs> yeah. You're like um, you're exposed to like all kinds of stuff, and like I don't think I've ever been surrounded by so many vegetarians or anything but um you know just uh, the you just learning a lot you know from other people you know and then trying it for myself and then being yeah. like, oh you know you know eating healthy you know it's your body's like a car you know if you want your car to run well you don't put shitty oil in right you, yeah so you got to put good food in your body so totally yeah before all this were you like do you feel like you had like a much worse diet were you like a i, I just fast ate, food type of I, I just ate everything in sight i didn't like <laughs> like i mean I mean, I've always, like, exercised and, like, played sports and stuff, so I've, I've never been, like, I guess, like, overweight or anything like that, so yeah. I just didn't care. I just eat whatever, you know, but then yeah. I became, like, a little more conscious, and it's like, oh, like, you know, eating good food will, like, give me, like, better energy and keep my mind clear and stuff, too. Is there so. anything now that you'll, like, intentionally stay away from that maybe you used to eat before? Just mostly just fast food. And, yeah. Like, just try to avoid processed foods when you can. I mean, obviously, like, you know, every now and then you're going to eat Wendy's or something like that. But, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, Depends sometimes, on where sometimes it's 2 a.m. and there's nothing else open. You get yourself a Baconator and that's the way it <laughs> well, you like, don't, If yeah. you have to go to Wendy's, yeah, yeah. you don't have to go for the Baconator. Yeah, but true, but if you're going to go to Wendy's, you might as well get a Baconator <laughs> if, that, if you never go there. Like, yeah, but, I guess um, make it worth it. Yeah. <laughs> But no, you just you just keep the bad shit to a minimum and try to uh-huh. eat as much of the good shit as you can. You know? Yeah. So. so, you know, you said, you know, you've always been into like exercise and sports and stuff like that. Um, the level of guitar playing I've seen you do leads me to believe that you've been playing guitar for a long time, too. Yeah. So you're kind of like one of these like people that kind of juggled both ends of that spectrum where it seems like there's a lot of people who were like, yeah, I was really in the like arts and music and eh, sports or people that are like in the sports and then like maybe not so much arts or music, but you were in the both. So yeah, yeah. that's a, I mean, it's not like super unique or different, but it's uncommon. I, I think. I, I guess, yeah. I don't yeah, know if you had, be, yeah. do you know many other musicians that were super into sports or anything when um, you were growing up? Just probably like a couple here and there. Like I probably couldn't name any. Like anybody names. that really stuck with it though? Because it seems like you um, kept with it. I mean, I'm sure there's, I probably just can't think of any names off yeah, the top yeah, of my yeah. head right now. But just, I mean, not just people locally, just people online and stuff. I'm yeah, totally. Their, their lifestyles and stuff like that too. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think of like you know at least in like the metal world like with like music and like fitness and stuff like that i think like one of the first dudes i noticed was uh greg from dillinger escape hand yeah like back when he was i mean he i mean he's a little smaller than he was now but he's always been a big dude you know i was like man this guy's like fucking jacked and he's like on touring all the time like you know how's he doing that so and like seeing that guy and then like you see a lot of guys getting into fitness in the music world these days you know like yeah it's it's, it's cool so but um when you yeah. were uh like, did you play sports in high school and things like yeah, that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, like I played like baseball and tennis and hockey and stuff yeah. like that. When did you uh, start like playing guitar? I like I was thirteen. I think I took like a class in like eighth grade or something like that. Just you know, just your guitar one hundred and one yeah. class or something. What was the like thing that made you want to play guitar? It was 
I, probably like my dad because like my dad had been playing guitar for a few years. Okay. And, I'm, and my dad's also a, a, a musician, so like he's huge influence on me, and you know always encouraged me to do music and stuff like that. But I played drum. I started with drums when I was ten. Like, and then um when I was thirteen, I was like, yeah, like you know, want to play guitar now. You know, it looks pretty cool. Like, <laughs> why does anyone pick up a guitar? Because like, oh, it looks cool. Like, I want to play this Green Day song or something. Yeah, yeah, totally. So totally. yeah, so that's just kind of started there in that music class, and then just just kept you know just kept strumming <laughs> from then so yeah and then um like your first band like what was that like when you started getting into making music with other people probably i was I think 18 it was this band called hyperion okay where, um i don't do you know like chuck forsyth or rick sheets or any yeah, of those guys i i recognize the name okay. of like hyperion but okay. i don't know if i know Okay. Any, maybe if I saw him, you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, when I was 18, my buddy Greg DeFazio, he um he was playing bass for them and they needed a guitar player and I, I like they're like like progressive like thrashy, you know, death metal, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And um, I dug it, so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll play with you guys and did that. Did that. We recorded an album that never got released. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh story for another day, but um yeah, this is, that was my first band. Yeah, eight, eight, about yeah, eighteen. So right. your first band was a progressive death metal band. Yes, yeah. Were yeah. you like digesting a lot of that stuff at the time, like personally? Yeah, like I was definitely going through like you know the big like old school metal death metal phase, you know, uh-huh. that, um, just like a lot of old thrash, you know, like death, and you know, starting from like eighties Metallica and Pantera, you know, Death, Morbid Angel, and like all, all those like older school like kind of death metal bands and stuff. So was really into that shit at the time but also getting into like the modern like proggy stuff too like that's the same time animals as leaders was coming out and like periphery and all those bands too. yeah so just kind of just kind of vibing off all that stuff at once mm-hmm. now like fast forwarding a bit like you still are playing in a progressive metal outfit as yeah. well but you yeah. do some other stuff as well yeah i know you're in the tool cover band right mm-hmm. what's the name of that uh stink fist yeah, Stink Fist is a cool, cool band. Yeah. There was like a probably a lot of really good options for band names for like the Tool Cover band. Yeah, we were. Did you have to like go through it and like pick out which we, one was we, like the one? We were looking online just to see like what was taken because we're like, all right, I mean, there's a bunch. There's probably a bunch of Tool Cover bands out there, and like, yeah, uh, names are going to be taken. But like, we were looking out, and then we're like, guys, like, no one's taken Stink Fist yet. So, <laughs> so like, we're snagging that up. Yeah. So, so that's how that happened. Cool, and I know you do something else too, right? I play in another band called The Harvest Color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What is it? What's that? The deal with that? It's uh, well, that's I guess you would call it like like proggy, but we uh, acoustic prog rock is what we've dubbed ourselves because um, we kind of mesh like even the live performances. It's I'm flipping back and forth between like acoustic and electric, but um, that stuff's big influence from dudes like Andy McKee and like Thomas Lieb and all those acoustic acoustic percussive players because that shit's a huge influence on me as well so i just i had these song ideas that um they weren't appropriate for delusions so we're like oh let's let's make a new band and hit up my buddy ron and my buddies ron and paul and they dug it too so we put that album out played some yeah. shows and yeah that's been a lot of fun too so no, it's a nice another creative outlet you know uh-huh. for stuff that isn't like as heavy so yeah it's like uh i think as you get more into being a musician and creating music like you're absorbing a whole lot of stuff absolutely and uh that's the thing that kind of sucks about being in a metal band sometimes is like you're kind of like you're in like a little bit of a box of how much you can get away with like you have bands like bt bam that can like 
They can get away with anything. They can Big, get away with yeah. stuff. But even sometimes yeah. it's like I listen to them now and it's like, can you guys just write a fucking song? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't need it. Like there's like 12 minute huge long things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just yeah. give me, give me four minutes of good. Yeah. And let's move on to the next one. Yeah. But so I bet it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. I think that's just like a personal taste thing for me. For sure, I used to yeah. really like shit like that. Like mm-hmm. huge, long, progressive songs. Yeah. And now it's just like. My brain isn't interested in yeah. all that stuff. Give me the catchy pop tune. Where's the hook? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, lot of yeah. Pe- a lot of people, uh, I think, ignorantly kind of dismiss like how hard it is to write a pop song. Yes. It might not yeah. be hard to play it. Right. But you didn't come up with it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I have so much respect for like those producers that like crank out those hits and stuff. I mean, they, they have a formula that like they work to, you know, but like. They know ex- they know what's pleasing to the ear, like how to structure a song, you know, just to make it sound good and, you know, captivate and hook the audience like quick. You know, I've, uh-huh. I've, I have so much respect for songwriting like that. Like I, I, I'd like, I like Harvest Color is kind of like an attempt to like bring like pop style like songwriting and mix it with like progressive rock and metal. You know, totally. So kind of like blend them. So. There's no reason it's not possible because oh, yeah. like anytime you listen to like animals as leaders or between the baron and any any of those like mm-hmm. progressive heavier bands mm-hmm. or even like some that even animals as leaders is barely heavy anymore mm-hmm. but you know what i mean like at times yeah but, you know, I, i'm just trailing off yeah. there's always those parts that are like catchy that yeah. really really stick out yeah it's like just take those and make a shorter song out of right it. you don't gotta right. go completely off the fucking rails right right i think it's a an issue that I've actually had because like I'm not a guitar player but I've played in metal bands with guitar players Mm -hmm. and I feel like guitar players sometimes have this issue of like oh like if this is a part like a riff that's easy to play or it's not technical enough it's not good yeah yeah I I, I understand I I used to have that mindset like back in the day but then you know you you mature you listen learn more and it's like uh you know being able to say more with less is yeah can sometimes more often than not more important than trying to play a million notes or play 10 bars of 15 16 Uh and stuff like that so (laughs) i've worked with guitar players who i think have a hard time remembering that there's also drums and bass and vocals that are gonna go into this too that all need to work together yes yeah and if you got uh you know this guitar stuff that's just going all over the fucking place it's like what am I going to do? How as do a I sing over this? Yeah, yeah. That was like a, a big reason, like way back when, you know, I was in what's left of her and like, mm-hmm. in like the pre before they like switched the, the stuff to transition when they were starting to write mm-hmm. that early material, mm-hmm. they're sending me demos and I'm like, what the fuck do you want <laughs> anybody to do on top of this? Yeah. Like, this stuff is great. Yeah. But, there's yeah and like yeah. you know and it's like a, and like you know it was like obviously if you're gonna have anything on top of this you know it's gonna be like really good clean singing mm-hmm. and you know they tried that and maybe some people it worked and some mm-hmm. people it didn't work mm-hmm. you know just i just think that like what they ended up coming to which was you know just the instrumental it was like that's where it's at that's their jam yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. they're just very very uh <laughs> their guitar work is very dominant it's very dense <laughs> yeah and like devin's drumming compliments it well too because his yeah. drumming is chaotic yet still flowy so they they they, they, they gel well together yeah all, and like they're all very well well-rounded musicians too that understand every instrument so it's uh 
Yeah. They know what they're doing. So yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, now, going back into like writing songs for delusions, how is how do you like approach the songwriting process for that? Do you work in like Guitar Pro and like come up with ideas like that? Or yeah. do you just like riff ideas out live? It's, how does it work out? It's both. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I think these days it's a lot more just like sitting in Cubase and just riffing, you know, seeing what sounds good and then just kind of just jotting a riff down or seeing where, you know, where that riff takes me. And then me. like starting to like, put parts yeah. together. In, in the past, it was definitely more Guitar Pro, um, which is Guitar Pro is great because, you know, you can just organize the composition there. But um, the issue with Guitar Pro, well, it's an issue and it's a good thing at the same time, is you have a tendency to write shit that you cannot play at all. Oh, sure. <laughs> and I've fallen victim of that almost every single release we've had. Like... So I like write this song and it's like in guitar pro and it's like, man, this is fucking killer. Like this sweet riff, sweet solo. I can't play this for shit. So, but, it, but it's good cause it gets your ass in gear to practice and, you know, trying to gets you moving up, you know, in uh -huh. terms of, you know, your capabilities and stuff. Yeah. So. I've, again, I've worked with a lot of guitar players who I feel like write way outside of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And like, it's cool that you could think of this, mm -hmm. but it's like, are you going to be able to pull We're it off? We're a band. Yeah. We're not like an electronic band. We right. actually, I want us to actually play this shit live. I don't right. want to, I've done the whole like, we're in the studio tracking solos at slower BPMs and then like, you yeah. know, speeding it up because guitar players can't play it. Right, right. Type shit. I mean, that was a long time ago, but fortunately now like I'm in a position where I work with musicians who are good at writing what they can actually play and it's mm -hmm. not a, a problem but mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i get I think that's just like a thing just being like a young ambitious songwriter for sure for and sure, just like yeah. how like insanely like competitive uh like modern metal production is exactly. now and especially when you're like influenced by like the bt bams and the peripheries oh, yeah. that that are just killing it and they have you know they're all extremely talented you want to write that stuff too and you know you're going to hear it in your head but, you know, your fingers may not be able to do it just yet. So, But Guitar Pro is the middle ground to get the idea out in the meantime until you get your chops up to, like, be able to play it, I guess. Mm -hmm. So It's just crazy how much the bar has been, like, raised and oh. how it just continues to jump. And it's yeah. like, you know what I'm talking about mm -hmm. since, obviously, you know, you mentioned before, like, listening to old Morbid Angel mm -hmm. and old Death. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, those are albums that, awesome music not great production like no, you can yeah, hear right. like the realness of it like yes. it sounds it sounds like dudes in a band yeah it's raw in a room yeah. playing music right yes. to the best of their ability mm -hmm. and now like i listen to so many metal albums and i'm like this is electronic music like it's... i'm hearing all triggered quantized drums exactly. all of these guitars are sound like everything's sound replaced it's mm -hmm. like Sure, maybe somebody played something. Yeah. But it's all been edited in post. Yeah, someone went in and cut each little yeah. dun -dun 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 on the guitars up and stuff like that. And it's it, I mean they it I'm, sounds cool, but it's so it's like such a it's it loses its organic feel. Yeah. You know? And it's just it's not as just not and, and not that there's there's, any, there's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, if that's your sound, that's your sound. But it's like, you know, so at least with like guitars and like drums and stuff like you want to keep it at least a little organic you know yeah. like we're not robots you that's know? the like, thing <laughs> the thing that bothers me is i really i like and i really think it's cool what people can pull off on the production aspect mm -hmm. of it what but what bothers me is like younger people uh are getting like a really distorted idea of like what 
music should be in a live environment. Right. And right. it's like, you yeah. know, because it never sounds the same. It's just like, oh, you know, like these bands aren't good live or this isn't heavy enough. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, this what you're listening to isn't real. Right. Right. It's not. Yeah, and, and like trying to explain that. Yeah, and it's like, like I said, like there's nothing wrong with like doing your productions like that, but like you got to be able to pull it off live, you know. As as long as your live shows there, you know, fuck whatever you do in the studio. But like, yeah, it, it is nice just to keep it like organic, even even with recordings. Not not fuck with you doing the studio. I take that back. Yeah, but like um, it's you know, it's keeping some sort of organic feel with real instruments is like. I don't know. It's 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 subtle differences, but I think it's like a subconscious thing to the listener and producers and stuff. Mm -hmm. that like when you hear something that's not chopped up and quantized perfectly, you know, it just sounds. It has a better flow to it. You know, it's not robotic. Yeah, I mean, also too, not everybody that listens to music, so musician or right, producer, right, so yeah. they don't even know the goddamn difference, anyways. Right. Yeah. I miss when I was younger and a lot more naive. I didn't know anything about production. It's like now. I can listen, put on an album and like, you know, 30 seconds in instantly be annoyed with the way the snare drum sounds and just not like the album because I hate the way the snare sounds. <laughs> but like yeah. I try to listen to albums that I loved in high school now and I'm like, man, these all sound awful. <laughs> but I loved them then. It didn't yeah. make a difference to me. It's yeah. just I just heard music, you know? Right, right. What difference did it fucking make? Yeah. Yeah. He's just finding a fine balance between being like, you know, like an audiophile, but like. I don't know. It's just like it's just time, you know. You, like you said, looking back at the old records, like the production's obviously different. Uh -huh. And these days, everything's crystal clear production, you know. And it's just like I guess, like looking back on it on an old, like if you were listening to this ten years ago at this time, you know, you don't even have a perception of these crystal clear productions now. So this is, you know, awesome. This is the best, you know. Yeah. So, but there was but, even stuff then, though, that was crystal clear and sounded great, like yeah. all the old Metallica albums. Yeah, that's true. Are yeah, those were yeah insanely tight productions, yeah. and well, that's because they're also well. James Hetfield's a it's insanely tight rhythm player yeah. too. So yeah. like that's uh, that's what it comes down to as well. But, I mean, you know, there was no Pro Tools used no. on Master of Puppets, no. <laughs> but it's a fucking good sounding album. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now, kind of getting into production with the bands that you've been in and mm -hmm. recorded with. Obviously, Delusions probably went on like a production type like we're prog death metal making a really good sounding album. So you kind of probably lean towards that more studio production side of things yeah. when you did that album, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Have you recorded any studio stuff with your other project? With Harvest Color? Yeah. Yeah, we have, we have a CD out. We put it out uh, a year and some change ago. Okay. Back January of 2016. Um, it's called Chrysalis. But... um. Yeah, it and what was, was recording that like? That I mean, that was fun. That was it was a different experience. Um, just I've never like recorded like you know acoustic guitars like you know, by myself ever. You know, yeah. like that. I've I also I wanted to sing, so this album features all clean singing that, that I performed, and that was fun too because I've never done that. So it was it, it was it was challenging just because I had to do a lot of shit that I'd never you know had to do in the studio before. So yeah, um, yeah it really you know got my chops up. Um, you know, motivated motivated me to get better with that. We we also went went to Brett. You know, same guy that does the Delusions album. Yeah, and gave him our direction and sound and stuff like that. So because we, I mean, obviously Brett's a great producer. So um, and yeah, just yeah. <laughs> if you had yeah. to like, what? I guess it's kind of a weird question, but like, what do you prefer? 
like which side do you like being able to like just kind of like record something and be like eh like we can fix it in post or are you more of like I want to get this fucking live like no, I don't no like as live as possible yeah. and like going back to like chopping things up like anything like you know like chuggy breakdowns or anything like that like I record it it's all it's all one take there you know I just just you know should be able to play it you know so I'd rather have a tight performance and but i don't want to chop things up and make it all cookie cutter You're like yeah I, all, all of those recordings they're all organic recordings you know i didn't go in and move all this shit around you know and stuff like that uh-huh so um i mean yeah i punched in on some solos you know i'm not gonna everyone's guilty of that i'm yeah. not fucking john petrucci but um so i i'll punch in when i have to punch in you know yeah. but um i keep it as organic as possible with, i like, think that there, i mean obviously if you want to make like a good sounding record there's some production that you need to do yeah oh, but it does sure, get yeah. like it just gets it can get silly yeah. at times. Yeah. So now you've played live shows with both of these projects mm-hmm. and then Stink Fist yeah. as well. Yeah. So what are like the dynamic differences between like playing like a progressive death metal show versus playing like a show with like a cover band where it's probably I would imagine like maybe at like a bar or like a different scene yeah like Harvest Color you're probably playing with different types of bands too Mm -hmm. so like maybe being experiencing different scenes yeah what's that it's been like it's been interesting but it's all they've kind of all crossed paths at the same time too I guess I'll cover that first so like back in January I was coming back from California and we wanted to play a show uh, like with all the bands and we're like well Let's just do them all in one. And that was my buddy's band. So Delusions, Harvest Colors, Stink Fist, and my buddy's plan all played the same show at Kativa, okay. which was awesome. It was so much fun because it was a very <laughs> eclect- eclectic mix of music, but it all gelled and it all worked well. But um, And then as far as like separately, yeah, like Delusions were playing with more like metal acts. Harvest Color will do not so metal acts, you know, but we still have an aggressive sound. So that's that's what I like about that band is we, we can play metal shows, but we can also play, you know, like alt rocky shows and yeah stuff and you're too. just kind of the band that's a little heavier yeah we're just a little heavier you know yeah. so we're gonna have a breakdown or two but we, we sing there's no harsh vocals you know so yeah um, but um and then stink fist is just you know we play wherever you know we're gonna play with that band it's i don't know it's tool cover bands so uh-huh. wherever tools what perfect. was like the inspiration for that was that something that like you started up yourself or were you asked to be a part of it it was um my buddy ron and kyle ron is the bass player in the harvest color but they're huge tool fans i'm a huge tool fan um paul drummer in the harvest color so it's stink fist is the harvest color plus uh plus my buddy um cal yoho on vocals okay so and we're all we're all we all just love tool and we're like we saw we're like there's no tool cover band in pittsburgh you know we just want to jam we just we just started out for fun we just like let's just jam some tool songs guys you know let's learn 46 and 2 and schism and have some fun and we kept learning more songs and more songs and eventually we had a set that we were happy with our performance and we're like let's just it out you know yeah. like <laughs> do you so, like typically play with other cover bands or you just play with other bands or like you're the only band that night we like, haven't well we haven't even played too many sh- we've only played two shows actually with that band just because okay. like we got things rolling and then i left like for new mexico and california then i now i'm back so yeah things going again but um the two shows we did play were with both with harvest color and um an, and another local band so um but we're trying to look into we're i think we're we're trying to talk to the guys who do like the rage against the machine cover yeah and um trying to get like a show with them going because i think that would that would go over really well i think uh-huh. so um but yeah we're just trying to just get the feelers out for that we have a bunch of videos on youtube and stuff like live performances and stuff so so yeah 
Just trying to get as much out there with that as possible. Yeah. So whenever you went out to New Mexico, you mentioned you were doing stuff with like building houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. That sounds like is uh, interesting. Well, well, these houses were called uh, Earthships. I'm I'm actually wearing their wearing their hoodie right now. They they make nice shirts too. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, these yeah these houses called Earthships. They're um they're self sustainable housing structures made out of recycled materials uh like the walls and foundation are made out of old tires that are just rammed with earth um you have no utility bills except gas uh, propane in some of these but um it's all passive and active solar um thermal mass like the there's this big earth berm behind the house that collects that stores heat essentially i could go into in depth about all the properties but i'll just keep it dense yeah but it's just um yeah like solar mass um water harvesting you know there's cisterns that you know you collect your rainwater with um gray water systems so like your water when it's uh goes down the sink uh it goes to like your planters and feeds your plants which your plants then give you food and then from yeah. there it goes to your toilet and then from your toilet you know now it's black water it goes out to your septic which goes out to a leach field which feeds like your shrubs and trees outside so the whole purpose of the earthship is like zero waste like everything that, that comes in the house is like recycled and used and not wasted like zero carbon footprint and they're fucking gorgeous works of art too like each one requires a lot of work and a lot of love to build but um once you got one you know you, you never pay utility bill again and you have this awesome organic house that's awesome yeah so like how'd you get into that just uh, just like general interest in like sustainable building like you know i guess it started with like lord of the rings and hobbit houses like i've always wanted to to live in a hobbit house you know so but um so it started with hobbit houses and then upon further research discovered earthships and um my friend lexi told me about they have a class out there called the earthship academy and it's a it's a month-long crash course on you know how these things work, how to build them, you know, and, um, you know, her and I were looking for something else to do in life. We're like, yeah, let's go out to New Mexico and fucking do it. So we went out there for a month, took the course, had a great time, and I ended up hanging out there for four more months, longer than I expected, just working and living in in, in, in Taos, you know, building, yeah. building these houses. So, yeah, hell, hell of a good experience. Did you have any experience with building and or anything like that prior to this? I'd work for like a contractor and okay. just, just general tinkering on my own and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so a little construction knowledge prior to that, but um, left with like a lot more construction knowledge and experience. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so like now you're you're coming back, mm-hmm. you're in Pittsburgh again, mm-hmm. um, and you're probably not living in like a sustainable no. house, right? <laughs> so Unfortunately like, not. What's yeah. that like? Do you like try to find, is there any way that like that you could like, work out things in your place to like make it better like what could the normal person do like for me for example to like be more sustainable right with what i have right right and that's like obviously you know i obviously it'd be nice if we could just build everyone earthships but there's all these houses like you the issue with you know sustainable housing is there's already the housing infrastructure already exists yeah plumbing and all this plumbing and all this stuff it's like you're gonna tear down how how much it's gonna cost so much to tear down all all these houses and then build them back um they have started like retrofitting like current current houses for like with earthship like um earthship uh like properties and stuff like that you know like putting berms behind the house like south facing windows and solar panels and stuff so as far as like modern houses yeah you can get yourself some solar panels um 
depending on what state or county you live in, you can set up water catchment, you know? Because, like, water catchment's the biggest one of them all. Like, why anyone pays for water is fucking ridiculous. Because, like, you could, why have water piped in when you could just catch it from your roof and store it in a cistern, filter it, and you have water, you know? Like, and then it doesn't go down, like, into a sewer um, and, like, get wasted and, you know, polluted with chemicals from our roof tiles that go out to the ocean and fuck up the fish and you know it, it yeah. is a, a, you know it's a whole big story. i could go on a whole tangent about like our fucked up in infrastructure in terms of sustainability but as we all know it's all you know about making money for utility companies and like all that stuff so removing that existing in infrastructure would be very very difficult but there are things the individual can do to uh, kind of take steps you know yeah so it's just kind of wild how money really controls so much oh, well, but it's yeah, like what yeah. what does anybody even do yeah with all this fucking money yeah no it's just um, people just get things yeah no it's it's silly but i mean i don't know like we're it's another conversation we could, I guess. this is another conversation <laughs> we could go off on a yeah but <laughs> but yeah i think yeah we know where this is headed yeah but, totally yeah. it's it's yeah it's weird yeah People were fucking weird, but, but I don't know. But I've never they, had a shit ton of money, so I can't say what what I would be, what life would be like for me, or right. what my train of thought would be if I grew up in that world. Right, and it's like maybe these people, you know, they were probably born into old money. You know, maybe their parents had money, owned these companies and stuff like that. So they don't know, they don't understand. You know, maybe they don't understand like the importance of sustainability and stuff like that. All they know is about running this business and like making as much cash as possible, you know? Yeah, I think, too, enough people but, don't necessarily have any concern for what is going to happen after they're gone. No one thinks about 10 years from now when there's no water and, like, we've just, like, decimated the planet and stuff like that, you yeah. know? It's, like... And, yeah, we're trying to, like, think of ways to, like, fabricate the things that we're going to need down the road, but it's, like, you know, we could change things now and make a sustainable future for us forever, but... People don't want to, you know, move their bottom line, and it's it's, uh, it's it's tough to watch it. But that's why it's it's not at the end of the day, it's not up to the, to the them, the folks in charge, to change it. It's up to the individuals to change it for ourselves, you know, because we we can't change the world by ourselves. But if we change what we can, what we do, you know, we can influence other people and thereby change the world. So, what's what's that quote by the Dalai Lama or something like that? Like, be the change you want to see in the world or something. That know? sounds right. Yeah. So, yeah. There's also what the Gojira lyric, change yourself, change the world. I forget, but that's that, that quote's been rehashed. <laughs> Dolly yeah. Lama, Gojira, yeah, yeah potato, tomato, potato, tomato. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Gojira, they're, they're environmentalists, you know, they're all about saving the whales and the planet and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know yeah. a whole lot about that band. That's a band that has been on my radar for years. I remember like I've had friends that have put it on, and I'm like, what is this? And they're mm -hmm. like, it's Gojira. I'm like, oh yeah, fuck, I gotta get into them. Mm -hmm. And then still, I just off my fucking radar dude, dude, they're great and if um well they're coming to town in may i think yeah I know. Uh, well, the thing i mean their recordings are killer but like the thing that did for me was just seeing them live one of the best live performances i've ever seen if if you're not too familiar with their music seeing them live will probably get you hooked so yeah they're great yeah i think like at the end of the day like the live and like, live performance is always like the top notch for me mm -hmm. there's a lot of bands that I like live that I don't even like listening to their records. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. just like for whatever reason, I just like 
seeing it. It like right. changes everything. The energy. It's like, it's like yeah. Kiss, you know, like the recordings back in the day weren't too great. But you go to a Kiss show and there's like pyrotechnics and yeah. blood and like how do you yeah. get all that energy yeah. <laughs> on a recording? Like an yeah. audio that there's like so yeah. much more going on. Yeah. You know. Um so like for you, uh playing live versus like recording, what do you prefer? Is it like just all about doing like having recordings, but it's because I want to play live? Yeah, it's no, it's about I guess it's about doing whatever it is I need to do now so I can get to the next thing. It's, you know, it's, you know how it is. It's a big cycle, uh -huh. you know? So, but I mean, obviously performing, you know, it's not a, not a better feeling than that, you know, to me at least. But, um, no, I, I love recording too, just cause it's, you know, it's very satisfying when you, you know, you write something and you're happy with it, you know? And then you think about, oh man, I can't wait to play this live, you know? And then, then it, be, it becomes full circle. So, uh -huh. yeah. So I guess it starts with the recording, ends with the performance, and then just runs itself over and over again. Yeah. So. The circle of mm -hmm. jamming. I yes. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the now, circle of like, so what are you kind of like focused on now, like with your life, with your music and all that stuff? Because I mean, you just came back. So you're kind of like getting back. It seems like you're just get, kind of getting back into like where you left off, right? Yeah, and just picking things. I mean, life's been fucking crazy for me the past year. Lots of like really shitty, shitty lows and highs and too, but um I so I came back 2 months ago and um you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do and stuff like that. Stuff wasn't working for me out west and um I came back and landed by, you know, just well, kind of by chance, kind of by nod, this job doing digital marketing for a women's shoe company called Guilty Souls. Okay. So, um, which was cool because I really needed a job at the time. It paid well as with people, you know, with my buddy Tom and um, everyone at the office was cool. So I, I've been doing that for the past couple months, just le learning a lot of new skills, which has been great. Um, fantastic. But I, my last day was Friday at the office because um, I got an offer from my buddy BJ from Enterprise Earth. I don't know if you're familiar with them at no. all. Like an up and coming like death metal band. Um, you ever hear of uh, Infinite Annihilator at all? Yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan Watson used to do vocals for for Infinite Annihilator. Okay, this is his new band for the past couple years, and um, they have this. They're on a tour with Chelsea Grin right now, and um, they, they they have the opening slot. And um, they their guitarist quit a few months ago, and I guess they had another kid come in. But um, it's not my place to say specifics. But he's not working out with them. Sure. So he BJ called me up about two weeks ago and he's like you want to fill in on this tour dude and i'm like oh yeah you guys are touring with chelsea grin like it's a huge tour like yeah man and like i, I really dig their music they have um like they, they they have good heads on their shoulders hard working dudes like bj has a good head for business and they, they have a lot of momentum going for him and um yeah it's just seemed seems natural so i'm going to be going on tour with them friday um, they're, they're picking me up um at the pittsburgh date this friday at yeah. smalls and then i'm doing the rest of the tour with them um i think that they have the tours lined up for the rest of the year so if it goes well i'll i told them i'd do it full time with them yeah so so and it's kind of balancing the women's shoe thing at the same time so right now it's like death metal so and, you're still going to be shoes. doing like the <laughs> digital marketing stuff yeah kind of like on the go I, i'll like kind of dabble i mean because it's all you can do it all on online and stuff like totally, that yeah, um yeah. and I'm, I'm trying to set up other services too just to kind of because i like i've been self-employed since i was 22 aside from this last job so i like to do my own thing but kind of setting up services for bands too, in terms of like managing their social media, getting them more exposure with all this kind of stuff. And I, I want to set up services for bands just cause um, obviously music is like what I'm passionate about. So if I can help other other bands, you know, get a little more exposure for like 
for not a lot of money, you know, I yeah. can show them how it works and stuff. And then, you know, maybe I can make a, like a little side hustle off that, you know, but I'm getting things together for that as well too. that. And like, I, I would run ads for guilty souls. Uh, like just the whole digital marketing spectrum, um, has been like very interesting to me the past couple months. Mm -hmm. So I've le learned a lot about it and I'd really like to implement it to, uh, or implement it. What's the word? Uh, converge it with music you know so try 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 you know because i feel like life achieving happiness you know yeah you want to make money but if you can monetize what you're what makes you happy that's you know even if you don't make a million dollars a year that's you're gonna be you're gonna feel good you know oh yeah so so that's kind of the goal right now is to kind of monetize what i like to do and you know just fucking do it <laughs> <'Cause>, okay <laughs> now like coming from the artist's perspective and like using uh the internet and the current ways that we have to market music mm -hmm. you know what do you see is like most important for bands to do now like if you were going to be starting up this service to help bands you know market online mm -hmm. like what would you be telling them to focus on just i mean the big one i mean it's like I mean, this is, it seems like so blatant, but it's like, a lot, I think a lot of bands struggle with is just being active consistently, you know, like just posting every other day, you know, yeah. it's huge. And like, I mean, I've been guilty of it in other bands too. Just, you know, we don't post shit for weeks or a month or something like that. And you lose all your momentum. It's just. And sometimes you don't have anything to post. Right. And the, but the dumb thing is yeah. like when bands actually have shit going on. And right. They drop the fucking ball. Right. Right. It, it's just like staying active and like if, if, you know, any band's trying to get more active online, just, you know, they stay active, but go out and just research and learn like, you know, how can I get more active? How can like what software can I use to help me with social media? You mm -hmm. know, like, is there anything I can automate, you know? Um, and, you know, that's what it's all about. And, you know, there's software and technologies out there that really, really help with online promotion and stuff like that, that I've been learning about for the past couple of months. And that's another huge one is just have, having the right tools, you know, mm -hmm. you have the right mindset. Now you got the right tools and you can, you know, build something with it. Yeah. So. You know, I got really into using Hootsuite a lot and mm -hmm. I'm scheduling like posts all the time. Yeah. It's kind of, that's one thing I need to do today. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm a busy dude. Yeah. Doing a lot of stuff. You know, I work full time at a record label. I'm in two bands. I mm -hmm. do this podcast. Right. Booking shows, festivals, doing a lot of shit. Right. I don't got, I'm not on my phone. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I just, every week, you know, I sit down for like an hour or so, just schedule the important things. Exactly. Just and they're good. So to I go. don't forget. Yeah. yeah. And then they go. And then, exactly. of course, throughout the week, if something happens, like, right. This too, but you need to have that consistent sort of just like exactly. Yeah, you've consolidated all your time throughout the week into an hour on a Sunday or Saturday, and you don't have to put any time to it at the end of the day throughout the rest, the rest of the week. You know, just trying to automate those like redundancies. Yeah, it's simple know? shit. Like, yeah. oh hey, like you know, here's that music video we put out last month. Yeah, share and, it with your friends. Yeah, and and there's there's other technologies which I don't know if I'll say them because this is part of my business model. Oh so yeah, I, sure, I don't sure, want to sure. advertise. I, I'll, I'll show you later. Yeah, but um. It's uh, there's different technologies out there that you can use to like, as far as like automation and stuff like that that you can utilize that are huge, huge for bands and um, and like and in, like when if if and when I get this like kind of business marketing thing started up, like I have no problem telling bands like how this how this works, you know, like or how any of this works, how they can improve themselves and stuff. So because I know that um like Delusions had like a pretty decent like uh activity on like YouTube and. Like Spotify, maybe like I, I remember, like, like there, there was like, like you were getting a lot of like 
hits and traction. Yeah, like and like it's particularly on YouTube, it could be like really hard to get like traction. Yeah, and like the the thing with like any online success we've had with delusions is like that was before we really we didn't know anything about like automation and like software and stuff like that. That shit was like all organic too, which was like looking back on it now, it's like fuck, like wow, like either we got really lucky, put shit out at the right time, or just had the formula lined up at the moment i mean stuff's a lot different these days that was a couple years ago there's you see a lot more automation these days and um bots and fake profiles and stuff like that but um but yeah i i I always think back it's like man if i knew what i knew now back then i could have like pushed this shit like way harder you know but um, yeah but hindsight's always 2020 yeah you so you know now yeah and you're still alive yeah so yeah make it work better late yeah (laughs) so but yeah, all that shit, all that stuff was like organic. I think having Dan Dan's name on like Theatrophy, that was like our first YouTube video that like okay was like you know kind of got some traction for us. Having Dan's name on it because Infinite was like really popular at the time too, and um, having his name on it was huge. That helped us out a lot. We got like a lot of promotion from just Facebook pages like posting us and stuff like that. But um, yeah, most of it was just organic and mm-hmm. just kind of grunty grind work. Just hey you know check this out you know posting to pages yeah so so, i was like i don't really like take you as like the person that's like uh like the online social butterfly type i wasn't until like the past two months (laughs) that was that was normally brent brent's brent's the active talker social dude you're talking to everyone but now i'm getting into like i mean brent's still the talker with instant in terms of like social stuff but um i've gotten more into like the back end stuff of uh of, of how that stuff works but also getting into more like the upfront you know you know just talking to people too as soon as i like talking to people so yeah but <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's very very simple it's like yeah. the easiest thing in the world to do yeah. just conversation make... is maybe your the most important skill a human being can have mm-hmm. so and if you're at a show and like you got your band mm-hmm. and maybe in some cases like your brand mm-hmm. to push yeah fucking tell people about yeah. it I hate when like I play shows with bands that just show up. They don't even some they don't even bring merch sometimes. Mm-hmm. They play, they leave, they don't talk to anybody. It's like why'd you even come? Yeah. It's like what were you expecting? You yeah, know, like, like, out of this? like you should so. come. Like mm-hmm. if you don't have fucking merch yet, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Write your goddamn name on a piece of paper and you hand do it something. out. Yeah. Do what you gotta do. Yeah. Let people know who you are pretend like you care mm-hmm. i'd hope you just genuinely do care but yeah mm-hmm. it's it's so there's so many people doing trying to do what we're trying to do yeah oh, so it's sure, like yeah. how do we stick out yeah sometimes it's something as easy as just being like hey my name is brian what's up yeah that's and that makes an impact on people you know like it's just it's yeah talking to people is so important just just being nice to people you know that's that's it <laughs> like uh-huh. like <laughs> Just saying hi, giving them a smile, like, is a huge, can be a, a huge impact, you know? Yeah, Shaking there's someone. even been times when, like, we've played with bands that, you know, they play their set, and I'm just like, I don't know if I really like this band, or I'm not really into this, whatever. But then they end up being awesome dudes, and I'm like, yeah, that band's fucking awesome. Like, this. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you know, your music might not be my thing, but they're good dudes. Exactly. Then, like, you know, yeah. end up just supporting each other. So like, now there's a positive, like, you know, connotation to that band. Yeah, because even, mind, like. Yes, yeah. Like if if I don't like a band, that doesn't mean that they're a bad band. It's just not for me. Like I mean, I can easily uh, separate the idea of like bad music versus just what 
it's not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of music out there. It's just yeah. not for me. Yeah. But it's for somebody. Yeah. And they're having fun playing. Yeah. So yeah. good for them. So might as well be friends with them, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, life's all about having friends. <laughs> so at yeah, the end yeah, of the day. Too. Like, yeah. It's like as we're getting older yeah. and we're like juggling all these obligations, you know. Yeah. If we're playing a show, you know, there's other sometimes we're like maybe taking off work or eliminating other commitments, maybe like not hanging out with a significant other, just other yeah, shit that yeah. we could be doing. It's so sacrifices. It's like, there are always sacrifices. Why do you, yeah. it's like if I'm gonna spend my night like at a show, I wanna have a good time. Right. Right. And like meet people and make the most out of it. Mm-hmm. So it can be worth the time. Right. Rather than just going somewhere and just being grumpy. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah, if this, you know, this is, you know, playing music's your passion and stuff, like, yeah, you should, yeah, put all your effort into it when you can and see, seize every opportunity, you know, or at least most of them. Uh-huh. Sounds, but <laughs> so you're going to be doing a tour mm-hmm. and uh, probably, I don't know, like, how much of the country you've already seen, but do you think you're going to get to have a lot of new experiences seeing new cities and stuff yeah i mean um unfortunately i'm missing the whole west coast portion of the tour which sucks because it'd be nice to get out to cali and see my friends out there again but um they're picking me up in pittsburgh and then we head east to like new york down the east coast of florida Mm -hmm. back west through back west through texas and then ending in salt lake city just chelsea grin's hometown um so yeah i was i've never seen some parts of the south you know that we're going through and whatnot um so that'll be cool to you know hang out there and granted like yeah i mean like you're on tour too so it's, it's not, like not you, a vacation it's not like you can like oh we're gonna go do a hike today oh, in yeah, south yeah. carolina totally, you know it's totally. like no we got to get to the venue and eat and practice a little and you know play a show and sell yeah merch, it's totally you know? not a vacation <laughs> yeah. but still you get to yeah. like it's catch a, a little something just like traveling like, i really enjoy traveling you know yeah. like i i love it and like even when i was out west like i was stationed in taos new mexico and in grass valley california but i did a lot of traveling in between and um playing you know in like a touring band obviously you know, we're staying in a van and stuff like that van life um when i was out west i i lived in my subaru forester for five months i framed a bed in the back <laughs> and like had my camp grill and water and all my shit it was it was awesome like i loved living out in my car it was so comfortable but like this is kind of a, akin to that you know like you're living out of your car on the road but you're playing a show every night you know yeah so traveling and yeah no, it's just seemed, and there's more people involved. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, what was like living out of the car like? It was awesome. It was one yeah. of the best experiences I've ever had. I was, was like, it like weird to get used to it, or were you just kind of like gung ho about it from the start? It was like well, when when we got out to New Mexico, we were like staying in the lodge for the first in this lodge for the first week, but um, we didn't know where we were gonna live for the la- the remaining three weeks of the month. And we're like, oh, should we like try to find somewhere to rent? Or like, we didn't, we, there were options were slim out there. And we're like, well, there's people camping up in the woods right now. The weather's beautiful. Like, let's just go camp with these guys. And we're like, yeah, three weeks, that's not too bad. So we, we went up and camped in the woods for three weeks, just lived out of a tent for three weeks. And that was awesome. Like, I, I like camping and outdoors and stuff yeah. like that. And after the month was up, I d- decided that I was going to stay. And I was like, well, I don't want to pay rent. So I'm going to frame a bed in the back of my Subi and just live out of my car because a couple of my other friends um, in the Earthship Academy had were doing the same. I, I'd, I'd never seen that before, the uh, like dirt, dirt bag lifestyle, you know, like converting yeah. vans and cars into campers. 
And I was like, wow, that's like really fucking cool. You guys got everything you need. Like super, it's like the beds are comfortable too. You know, it's just really efficient on space. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I built the bed in the Subi and just lived out of that and traveled for another four, four and a half months out of my Subaru. And um, yeah, it was fucking awesome. Was that a good like head cleanse? It was, uh, it was great. Cause then you like, you go to sleep, you know, you know, just with the stars and you would just wake up to a sunrise every morning in your car, you step out, you know, all you gotta do is open your door and you're outside. And it's like, it's just like a really nice feeling, you know, uh-huh. it's some total hippie shit, but it's like, <laughs> but it, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Was, I yeah. mean, it's just, it goes to show like, I like, I feel like sometimes with like, I was like the type of person that accumulates a lot of bullshit. You see, like I just have like so much stuff in this room and it's like, it's cool stuff, but it's like almost like a, a prison of sorts sometimes in, when I think about way, it because it's yeah. like, I have all this shit. It's like, I don't need this shit. Right. It's like all this stuff is like valuable to me to an extent, but I'm like definitely at a point now when like sometimes people talk to me about records and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, like which one's like, worth all this money like i don't know man it's all fucking plastic yeah <laughs> yeah so like i just, i wish that i like i'm happy that i have like the stuff that i have but i also wish that i had like a little less because i don't know i think it'd be simpler yeah i'm starting to like think more and more about it you yeah. know as i get older yeah just trying to find ways to simplify things oh, for sure yeah. what do we really need like what right need. it's like because all this extra stuff it's it's cluttering your space cluttering your mind and yeah. it, it, it's not like that you can't have stuff you know like, totally it's just like associating that stuff with having like too much stuff yeah and, just and like, like clutter and like you know just i mean like this yeah. stuff i use like all my music exactly. you know, like i record stuff here but yes. it's like yeah you know, maybe listen to like one or two records a week. Yeah. Why the fuck do I have a room with two thousand records in it? I've just accumulated them. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's record, a, it's record a nice library to yeah, have. Yeah, record collections are awesome, though. But, but like, it's still, <laughs> yeah. it's still just like stuff. Yeah. You know? So I used to have a lot more action figures, and that's one I actually sold most of the stuff that I had. That's actually my dad's doing the same. He's 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 a collector, same same as you, records, action figures, stuff like that. And yes, yeah. he has all this all all like boxes and boxes of like that stuff like yeah action figures and stuff and like a few weeks ago he started putting it on ebay and stuff he's like why do he's like why why do i have this like, yeah that's what, <laughs> like, that's what happened like i just like so much of it i had it in like bins in the basement yeah before i'm in the old place that i lived in before i moved here mm-hmm. and i knew that i was going to be moving so i was just like it's not like it's not like there's nothing wrong with that stuff like there was a time in life where like this stuff was really appreciated you know yeah and a part of your life but that time maybe has come and passed so you know you get rid of the old and to make room for the new and all that shit so yeah, yeah. it's like a definitely like throughout this whole place this is probably like the most dense room mm-hmm. with stuff everywhere else it's, it's organized like, very well though yeah. it's a very nice flow yeah very, my bedroom's yeah. just like bed clothes yeah living room's like <laughs> couch tea. it's like very <laughs> simple like i don't like having a whole lot of stuff mm-hmm. but this room is probably like this is like the room that like 16 year old me probably always wanted to have <laughs> with like significantly less slipknot posters but <laughs> that's probably the only thing this is like missing from my like childhood you know yeah so we could probably wrap this up we're about in an hour wow which is about that's time, usually time. where i go to time flies so <laughs> like i don't know what should we uh shout out anything you want to um, obviously you know 
You got Delusions of Grandeur, and you got The Harvest Color. You got Stink, Stink Fist. Fist. And then uh, now Enterprise Earth, uh, our, the, the new record, Embodiment, is coming out April 14th. So um, that should be shouting that out. Uh, yeah. A week and a half. So definitely check that out when it comes out. There's a few singles online already. Um, yeah, if you're in any of the cities, come say hey. <laughs> we'll be selling albums and, you know playing metal yeah <laughs> so, okay. shredding riffs shredding and riffs and making mean faces every night <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's actually one thing that i i, I want to kind of close this out on is just like it's so funny because everybody that i've known that has been in like death metal bands and stuff like that are all like some of the most like laid back <laughs> low pressure people it's funny how it'll, yeah i mean like there are definitely it. some like high strung people in metal bands mm -hmm. i know but you know for the most part whenever you like really just sit down and talk to somebody mm -hmm. you know it's just like yeah you know yeah. like yeah i'm a calm pretty, person pretty chill. you know i go to the food co-op yeah make <laughs> organic food yeah you know? I sell women's shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, build earth ships. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's, uh, that's, I, I, I've, I don't know. Like, I think it, it's, it's more common than I think maybe like outsiders realize. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I feel like with like, like people that are into metal and play metal and stuff, it's like metal's the way that you vent your anger. You know, you get it out by writing and playing. So you get it out, you know, and now you got more space to be be chill so maybe that's why lots of metalheads are super chill but i don't know <laughs> yeah who knows yeah and why like all the crazy uh i don't know like all the crazy rock stories that you hear from back in the day you listen to their music and it sounds like i don't know it's yeah. all this like light and happy music yeah it's like they have the most fucked up stories yeah there's some kind of psychology i don't know it yeah yeah, I'm sure, not smart I'm enough sure. to describe it, but yeah, I'm sure it exists. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me, dude. And yeah. uh, we're done. All right, cool. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Gabe is an awesome dude to talk to. I know I said that before. Just want to stress it again. If you're still here, you obviously enjoyed the talk. And yeah, be sure to check out some of the music that he's doing. There's so much of it. There has to be something for you if you're someone that's into music. Uh, there's links attached to the description box. And if you're too lazy for that, again, Delusions of Grandeur, Enterprise Earth, The Harvest Color, Stink Fist. Gabe, awesome guy, busy guy. And yeah, check out those bands. Check me out if you want on uh, the social medias and stuff. Rate and review the show on iTunes if you can. Just rambling at this point. Still pretty late. I still got to get up early. Leaving for tour tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. But regardless, I'll be back again next week. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2017. Whoop. Woo. Thanks for listening.